Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and myself, LeVar Arrington. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Ah, come on. Bass. Yeah. Bass key. Turn the ignition. <laughs> bass key. Yeah. Come turn on. the ignition. Start the bass. Start uh, the bass. Absolutely. Start the bass. Uh, it <laughs> is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. It's LeVar Arrington. It's Brady Quinn. It's Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can listen to the show as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are making us a part of your Tuesday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We are going to take you all the way up till 9 a.m. Eastern time. 6 o'clock Pacific right here on Fox Sports Radio. We, uh, we're talking about the uh, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Uh, reportedly going to be meeting with the Cleveland Browns later on today. Already met with the Saints and the Panthers. And we were asking the question yesterday on the show, I mean, why wouldn't the Pittsburgh Steelers want to kick the tires on Deshaun Watson? Uh, and they have determined, oh, we definitely want somebody from that draft class that Deshaun Watson was in, but that somebody is Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky is back. He is your new starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're saying he's going to compete with Mason Rudolph, but how about it? Mentor Ohio Zone, I believe that's what they call it. Uh, Mentor Ohio Zone, Mitch Trubisky uh, is on his way to the Berg to be a Yinzer. Mentor. Yeah, mentor, mentor. Is whatever. it mentor, Brady? Yeah, Mentor, Ohio. Yeah, yeah Mentor. Right. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he is on his way to be a Yinzer now uh, in uh, in the Berg with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Go How about it? Good, you got a cue. Come on. How about um, it? You know, so his contract would relay that this is a an opportunity. He will have the leg up on what's already there. Now, they've tendered Dwayne Haskins. I don't foresee someone coming in matching that and then moving on from him. Mason Rudolph, they, they said at the beginning of the offseason, if the season was to start now, he's our starting quarterback. That's, that's great. They won't make this move unless they wanted to have someone else in the mix. Um, I, I just I don't think it excludes them from taking a quarterback in the draft, depending on who's there when they're drafting. So this, this could be one of those deals where we're looking at Mitchell Trubisky as a bridge quarterback, you hear so oftentimes. Uh, it could be a scenario where you know, look, they, they ended up taking a guy to see what he's capable of, and maybe this all works out for him. But based on the contract, based on the money that he's been given, it's more likely than not that he's going to be a placeholder for someone else. And that's fine, by the way. You know, Mitchell Trubisky now gets an opportunity to prove himself, not necessarily so much to the Steelers, maybe to some degree, but to everyone else out there, too, that – he could still be the player that he was once drafted to be. And that's what this is more about. And I, I got to give him credit because do you remember we were talking about him maybe following Brian Dayball to the New York Giants because he knew the system and yeah. he would go and, and not necessarily back up Daniel Jones, but maybe compete with Daniel Jones or be the guy to come in after Daniel Jones. This is an opportunity where he's going out to a different place, a good situation, a really good football team and a good organization and is having the chance now 
to take that risk of, yeah, I don't know the offense, but I plan to go in there, win whatever quarterback t- quarterback competition, and go ball out. I, I give him credit for that because he could have taken a little easier road by going with what was familiar to him, at least in the system and a coach. He didn't do that. You know, he took the opportunity to go out there and try to play. And then, you know, we'll see how this whole thing works out. But I just – I don't know if this is anything more than him getting an opportunity for a period of time this season. And if things don't go well, it could end up being a, a quarterback they draft, you know, in the first round of this year's draft or second round to end up being the guy. Well, I mean, uh, that was uh, one of the reports that, uh, you know, it was a done deal basically that he was going to go uh, – you know, that was a reporting on it. He was going to go to the Giants and compete with Daniel Jones and blah, blah, blah. And that's a long list of uh, garbage reporting that's been done out there on this stuff. I think he's an intriguing prospect in, in this scenario. You know, in 18, he was a pro bowler. People may not realize that he actually did well enough to be selected as a pro bowler in the National Football League. And there have been a lot of debates as to why things went the way that they did for him in Chicago. And for what it's worth, it's debatable. Now, you're never void of total uh, you know, exoneration from being responsible for some of those struggles. But there are a few teams that you would look at and you would say it's not a healthy situation for the players that are in it. I think this is one of those times where you look at Trubisky and you say, he can be a guy that leads your team to success, especially a team that has the the bones in place that, that the Pittsburgh Steelers have. I I I actually like the pickup. I I think he's if I had to say and I heard you guys heard me saying that Washington was going after Trubisky, I would have liked Trubisky over Wentz. And I think that for, for the price, you're probably yeah, right. right, especially for the price, right? Especially for the price. And and that's that was something that we made mention of. It's been discussed at length that the the value of it was going to have to be there for it to make sense. Now, looking at what he could be moving forward, the idea of it to me is you got a guy that's at 27 years old and gets this second opportunity to to play in a stable environment. I think it's a great pickup, and if it even does lead into them taking a draft pick I ultimately say this if the guy that you may have wanted in the draft isn't there you can get through this year with Mitch Trubisky now I don't know how good they're going to be because they still have some things that they need to address but mainly if they if they get healthy and and guys show a little bit more maturity because they do have weapons they do have a receiving core they got to stop dropping balls, and and they have to be more, uh, I think, to me, more professional in their approach. But this could be, I mean, you got, you got Najee Harris in the backfield who is, I mean, he's a budding superstar in this league. They have the pieces in place. If they can put maybe one or two, one or two up front to, to shore up that offensive front, I think Trubisky could have the type of year where you're like, wow, I didn't know 
he was that good. And he's also a mobile quarterback. He's a good athlete, so they're going to have that dynamic they didn't have with Ben Roethlisberger. And his his problem, I think, is that because he was taken ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, people always want to do the comparison game. He's nowhere close to those guys, but he's not a bad quarterback, and he's had success in the league. Yeah, he was a pro bowler. I mean, he's put up really good numbers. He also bailed out Matt Nagy that final year, or, or uh, the the final year when he went to the playoffs, because they were trying to toil with Nick Foles. They were looking for any excuse to put Nick Foles in. Foles was a disaster. Trubisky was the better quarterback. The offense ran better. And the one that you always hear about him is that teammates love him. Absolutely love him. Has a great reputation there. Had a good reputation in Buffalo. So I think Pittsburgh's going to be be happy with it. I would just ask you guys this. Is 2022 Mitch Trubisky an upgrade over 2021 Ben Roethlisberger? Ben's stats were a lot better than I think people will give him credit. Uh, and and I, I may be mistaken in saying this, but I, I think I could say this without even looking it up. Ben's last year, last year, was probably better than any year Trubisky's had. Is that fair? Uh, let me just Statistically? double check. Let me, uh, we'll double check here. Uh, let's look up uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, 22 touchdowns, 10 picks, um, 3,740 yards uh, in the air. Uh, and uh, let's and see. And he missed the game, right? Yes. Yeah. And they were nine and seven with him start uh, with him as a starting quarterback. So, well, I mean, of, yeah, you can kind of, you can use that if you want, but I'm saying so. Trubisky's best year was what his second year when he went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, threw for less yards. You know, again, two more touchdown passes, but he also you know played in. Well, he actually only played in 14 games that year. So, I guess statistically, you could make the argument he, it was about the same. Trubisky maybe outplayed him a little bit, but I, I kind of look at it and go, I, I don't know that there's that big of a difference. I think the biggest thing that he brings that the offense doesn't currently have is the ability for him to be able to run and to take off and make something up with his legs. Like there is that element to his game that adds to what Pittsburgh might be looking for. And that, and again, and, and this as much as about Mitchell Trubisky, it also might be an indictment on Matt Nagy. Mm. Like this might be more of an indictment on, well, whoop, that apparently that's, that's what the Bears were missing out on because of Matt Nagy and the way he managed it, handled him, and jerked him around over the course of his time in Chicago. Like, I think that's the other thing that gets revealed in all of this this year for the Steelers and Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, I just – when I look at it, I think that he's the type of quarterback that thrives in Pittsburgh. I mean, we've seen it historically that Pittsburgh brings in quarterbacks like this. And while most of them have have all come up short, they have played meaningful, meaningful football. I mean, if you go back, you could go back to the Chuck Knoll days and, and work your way through the Bill Coward days. Uh, Mike Tomlin had the, the opportunity to have one quarterback um, pretty much during the time that he's been the coach. But if you look at the history of the the organization, I mean, when you get into the Mark Malones and and the Bubby Bristers Tom and the Zach. Mike Tomzak, it's got and, a Pittsburgh name too, Trubisky, know, the, doesn't the it? The Cordell Stortz. I mean, there are a lot of names where you would sit there and you would say they're not they're not considered to be elites. They're not, but they they are as serviceable as serviceable becomes because. They lean into the identity of what – and I think that that's the cool thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers is that when you go there, 
you have the ability, you have the right to to take your career and lean into what the Pittsburgh Steelers culture is. And and really what that is is that they're gonna they're gonna try to run the ball and they're gonna play defense. And if you understand that, then you'll you'll realize that very, very interestingly enough, it opens up your ability to be able to throw the ball. And 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 now we have a pass first a pass first uh league, a pass first deal. I'm not sure how that that identity will translate in 2022 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I do know this, a an aging Ben Roethlisberger who a lot of people didn't believe, you know, could do it just prior to this past year was undefeated through 10 weeks of the season and people couldn't figure out how they were winning games. So, if you can if if Mitch Trubisky can find his way into fitting in and understanding what that secret sauce is that they have there, he could revive his career. I'm not saying it puts him in the elite conversation cuz I don't believe that he will ever get to the point of where we say this dude is one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, but what he can do is revive his career and and possibly even possibly become a pro bowl quarterback again in Pittsburgh. I, I my one reservation is I don't think Baltimore is going to have the injury luck they had last year. Uh like they were gutted from the get-go at running back. Lamar got hurt uh all up and down the roster. Uh I I would assume that the Browns would uh would improve on last year. They've got the talent to do so. I just wonder in that division where Pittsburgh lines up well, because if they had Deshaun Watson. Now you got to start having the conversation yeah. Which one, like, take your pick. Is it the AFC West or is it the AFC North? You know, take your pick. Because <laughs> it's going to be quarterback-heavy uh, divisions. It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You I can wish hang out luck, with us, though. as always, on the iHeartRadio I'm app. pulling for Mitch Trubisky. I am, too. Yeah, I am, I too. Really am. I'm I am, too. I am, too. You know, well, I'm from yeah. Ohio, so that's uh, that's, that's my guy. That's yeah. that's not true. Brady's yeah. a Monmouth, Illinois guy, oh, but uh, yeah. I'm from uh, where Wyatt Earp is from. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Good point. Uh, By the way, we're brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Coming up next, uh, one of the most difficult tasks in all of sports. Uh, We are going to take a dive into it and uh, take a preview, and you can be involved in it, by the way. We're going to give you more details on that as well, too. That's coming up next here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up a little over 10 minutes from now, uh, there's a team that got very, very aggressive in free agency. We will get into uh, that conversation and what was actually happening behind the scenes here to make all those moves work. Uh, That'll be coming up here again 10 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, So now we we did mention this uh, last hour. We'll give out more details on where you can go uh, to be a part of this or you can 
can go to uh, Fox Sports Radio, the Twitter account. Uh, there's a link there. I have sent out the link uh, to compete in our bracket challenge because um, uh, the NCAA tournament is here uh, and you're going to get slapped around. I mean, that's how this is going to work. Uh, you can compete against us. You can compete against other listeners. You can try and win prizes. Bottom line is you're going to get smoked because the tournament is here uh, and we are uh, getting things started here in a couple of days. So we're going to have St. Patty's Day and the opening round of the tournament on the same day. What a doozy that's going to be. I mean, I feel like that's happened in the past, has it not? Yeah, and every time it's a doozy. Like, right, right. It is a doozy. Yeah. It, ends, it ends up being an absolute doozy. That's right. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a doozy. Well, I'm going to stay away from the doozy so I don't get uh, dumped in, in <laughs> this, this session. Well, it's going to be a doozy. Yeah, it's I'm a doozy, man. To it. a, yeah. a, a full yeah, day yeah. Of, uh, of shenanigans uh, yeah, on, on St. Patty's yeah, Day. Yeah, um, now, now yeah. how do we uh, how do we feel about uh, the NCAA tournament as a whole as far as uh, just the, the way it's constructed, the path that's there? By the way, for everybody bitching about Michigan getting in, oh, they had no right to – first of all, the biggest story of the entire college basketball season outside of Duke getting embarrassed by North Carolina and is Coach how, K being pissed. How big Juwan Howard's palm is? Yeah. Oh. Like, you, you, you think they're, they're going to miss an opportunity to put Juwan Howard in the tournament after what he pulled off? Of course they I were going to get in. imagine if he loses. Well, imagine whatever. if he wins. Hey, you take the chance that he's going to slap somebody again. <laughs> uh, and, and, and for ratings purposes, they should be thanking Michigan. So I have no problem with Michigan getting oh, in. There's no problem here for I me. I wonder if there's betting odds on that. On whether or not he slaps somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is somehow. I, I look at uh, the tournament, and I always wonder this. So there, there's obviously bigger schools that played – I think on the outside looking at it, a more difficult schedule. Now, I, I am not some expert in college basketball. will never claim to be. Let's just fake it like we are. Come on. But let me just ask this. Do you not look at teams that played in, like, Power 5 bigger conferences and go, their record might not look the same as another school that won some small conference tournament that gets an automatic bid? But aren't they probably a more tough? They're, they're probably a tougher out. Yes. It's probably more difficult. Yes, that's the one thing about the tournament. I look at, I go, okay, it's it's awesome to see so many small schools get a shot, and we all root for the underdog. We root for the Cinderella stories, but it's so seldom that we actually see them, you know, make that run or make those moves. Where meanwhile, we've got teams that are power five teams and are left out because the regular season or they they didn't win the tournament for their conference and they're either a bubble team or they just they weren't you know good enough this year to make it in and so i look and i just go okay i mean i i I do love march madness i love the format i love that small schools get a shot to be a part of it the truth is though i don't know that it's the best (laughs) determination of the actual best team in college basketball I, i don't think those two things match up very well based on the format it's terrible well I, I tend to look at it from the standpoint of at least there's a chance for that to prove out, right? Like it, you look at some of these these lower level teams, they get into they get into the play in, and, and what is it like? They have like the the bonus round or whatever. It's the, the play in. They've got yeah. games coming up tonight yeah. and tomorrow uh, like, to be the 16 seed to, and the to 12. Me, to me, when you see a smaller school knock off a bigger school. When you start to see the, you know, kind of the the sweet 16 and the elite eight start to emerge and you see schools and names that 
you're not aware of, and and they're making it that far. To me, I I find it I find it to be intriguing and I find it to be entertaining. Um, I don't know. I'll say this, and maybe this is maybe this is horrible of me to say, but is it just me? I don't know the players as well as I once did, and and I don't think it's because I don't. It's not a lack of paying attention to watching college basketball. It's it's like you built brand. There were brands like the Fat Five was a brand. Yeah. The UNLV was a brand. Duke was a brand. UNC it was a brand. And every single year, you knew exactly who the players were that were coming in that you wanted to look for. Like you, I know that there's still the elite players that are in the in the tourney and I don't want to take anything away from that I just feel like it's not for some strange reason brands aren't built as strong right now as they once were I just don't I don't see it I don't I don't I don't well feel there's that. definitely there's definitely more parity in in college basketball I, I I think the whole one and done craze where it created you know more all right it, Coach Calipari is going to legitimately take a chance on kids who have no desire to be in college basketball for longer than they have to. <laughs> that's yeah. his starting right. five. That's, that's like, fair. That's I his mean, starting that's, five. Yeah. Right, but but that <laughs> and, was – And next starting five. Yes. Yeah. It, it was a strategy for a series of years, and he had success during the course of – well, he obviously won a championship doing it, but he had success throughout the course of the regular season, tournament season, and then other other schools started doing it. And it got to the point then where you're like, okay, like how how unique is what is is what UK's offering versus what another school can offer for one or two of those stars? And I think that started to level the playing field a bit. I actually think the format of the tournament itself and the expansion of the tournament itself has done the exact opposite of what you're saying. I think it's built up a brand. Gonzaga, when I was growing up in the early 2000s, were a Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Now they were not. not viewed at now that now they're a one seed. Yeah. yeah. Now they're a team that like I, I picked them to win it this year. A favorite. Yeah. I, I picked them to win it. I, I I at least in one of the brackets. I don't know if I'll do it for the one I'm doing with you guys, but I you know, that's because they got exposure. That's because they went on that Cinderella story. Of course. Like we look at Loyola Chicago with Sister Jean, and next time they start winning some games, we don't look at it as an upset. We're like, oh, that's a good program. Yep. Like like we we've seen them do this before. So it's it's one thing that I actually I, I hate that college football hasn't been able to figure it out because you've got a parity problem in college football and I think with expansion it helps negate some of that. You get to a point where you're a school that's competing for a national championship, you can recruit off of that amongst NIL or everything else even though, you know, you're not supposed to be able to induce recruits. The reality is it's out there. But I think that's the one thing that the the NCAA tournament has actually done really well is building up smaller brands to level the playing field and make there more parity. And if I'm a kid like, for example, Notre Dame, I, I and and I don't yeah. tell many people this, but I follow their basketball program as close as football, <laughs> if not maybe even more. You're gonna be sweating like, your balls out tomorrow night. No, I, I'm not because, I, I, look, regardless of what happens, I think they're a good team. They're fun to watch. And like Blake Wesley, for example, 
He's a hometown kid from South Bend, Indiana, decided to go to Notre Dame, and he could leave if he wanted after this year. He could probably be a second-round pick, maybe back into the first-round pick. But like that's like I, I can't think of the last time we've had a recruit like that. We've got two now. We've got a kid who's coming in next year who's going to have the ability to do that and be a one-and-done if he so chooses. I mean, it's, it's, it's really leveled the playing field amongst college basketball between the tournament, the expansion of it, different brands emerging. And I, and I think you know, kids realizing that they don't have to go to UK or Duke or UNC in order to be able to make it to the league and be a, a top pick. Like These guys are coming from all different places now, and it's not like it used to be. I think expansion of the tournament, or at least the format, has kind of helped with that. Um, it's- I agree with that, too. Like I, I, I just think for me, I guess what I was trying to like really kind of like illustrate is like a Nolan Harrison, right? Like yeah. uh like uh Mike Shashevsky, uh a a Dean, uh, a coach Dean, Dean uh, Smith. Uh, Dean Smith, uh you know, the who who was coaching uh Kentucky back then? It was it was it Calipari? No, it wasn't. When no. Calipari was at like UMass, like when you look at the like coming into Roy the, Williams, Gary Roy, Williams, uh, Gary Williams yeah, at at Maryland, Maryland like yeah. these. When you start to think about those coaches, and then I can really I can remember Corliss Williamson and 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 Scotty Thurman and and guys that were on those teams for the for the Razorbacks. Or you think about UMass with with um what what's big fella's name uh, Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby and 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 those guys and. You start to think about like the brands. Like if I really start jogging my mind, I can think I could get about three or four out of the starting five of all of these teams. And you're coming into the you're coming into the tournament where it's like there are multiple marquee players that are branded with marquee programs with marquee coaches. And I don't feel like that's how it is anymore. I don't feel like that's the format of it. Like, I knew I needed to watch UNLV. I, I knew I needed to watch Kentucky or or Duke, and they were heading towards Michigan or whatever it may be. The names and the coaches, it was driving you. Like, when you're looking at Mark Macon and and, and Coach uh, – what's – Coach Cheney at, at Temple. You're looking at John Thompson. Hit and your all kids of those in names. the mouth. All right, I'll kill you. I'll kill, kill you. Like when you look at the the tournament now, I don't. I don't. And maybe this is me, but I just don't feel like the cachet connected to the the marquee players, the coaches, a lot. And, and a program could pop up like Arizona or, or Arizona pops up and they come out here they go you know D- Damon yeah. Stoudemire well, yeah I just I, don't I, I don't feel that anymore I, I, I could tell you why go ahead, I mean me. you know who controls March Madness who the NCAA this is their one big money maker and how they've been able to really profit off of student athletes it's, it's always been March Madness and I think they've done an awful job of being able to maneuver, manage, whether it's the NIL space or anything else for that matter. But I think there is much to blame on the lack of being able to, you know, highlight the athletes that are there as anything else. But I, I also think some of it gets it gets watered down because of social media and just the plethora of crap that's out there. Hmm. I mean, it, it's to me like Chet Holmgren, right? Big recruit oh, at Gonzaga, the freshman, big, tall, skinny guy, yep. really skilled player. You know, I knew about him going to Gonzaga initially because of stuff I saw via through recruiting, but it was all on social media. 
Like, that's how we were absorbing it. Like, it's not like it used to be back in the day when you see Jerry Stackhouse at UNC and go, oh, I remember that dude. Or, like, you remember seeing those Duke players because you were all tuning in for whatever game it was. And yes. granted, most of those guys, though, because they didn't have as much of a platform elsewhere, had to go to the biggest brands. These kids don't have to go to the biggest, quote-unquote, basketball brands anymore. And, and I think that's changed things. Mm. And it's allowed them to, to, like a Blake Wesley, stay close to home, go to Notre Dame. You can still go to the league. You can still be impactful. You know, there's other players who I, I think probably feel that way to some degree where they don't feel the necessity to go to Duke all the way across the country if you're from California and you go somewhere on the West Coast. Like, give me uh, nicknames, okay, right? Like, so, think about, like, Big Dog. All right, so uh, you remember Felipe Lopez? Absolutely. He was put on, was it the SI cover? I yes. think it was Sports Illustrated. Yes. Man, like, like who is, like, when's the last time you can remember, like, a guy, and he went to St. John's, I think. I think he ended yes. up going to St. John's. Yes. But it's like, I just, I don't think, I think people view college basketball as a three-week sport now. It's a tournament. That's it. And and I don't know if it's because the NFL gets so much coverage, but there's just not that appeal like there was. Like college basketball is my favorite sport when I was younger. I love college basketball. It's just not there's there's something whether it's the coverage, whether it's the way it, it it's it's you know branded during the course of the regular season, the fact that it's competing with the NFL, who's now got weekday games, uh, and the NFL has got you know twenty four seven coverage. I just feel like it falls to the wayside in comparison to college football to the NFL. It just and and it's sad. I mean, it, it's a great tournament, but other than that, outside of that three four weeks, it just feels like there's not the appeal anymore. Big Dog Robinson, where'd he go? Purdue. Okay. Purdue. Purdue. You can pull things so mash. Where do you go? Steve Nash? Mash. Uh, oh, mash. Uh, Kentucky. Jamal Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you had nicknames for dudes. Ramil. Where did he go? Michigan. <laughs> right. Like, Glenn. Like, the old Bannons. The Bannon brothers. Where yeah, did yeah, they go? Yeah. Like, it was you're, so, it you're, you're, felt so you're also different. talking about some of the bigger brands, right? In in talking about Kentucky or Duke or UCLA. I mean, those are the blue bloods. But you don't even feel that with blue bloods. I don't even feel that with you, blue bloods well, going into this year's yeah, because there's because there's more parity. I think mean, kids don't feel the necessity to go there anymore. They, they, but but why but why see to me I feel like there's still an opportunity I, to brand I, them where I they're at. I understand that, but I don't feel like they feel the need they Especially don't feel like they basketball. Need to. I'm in and out. Like I don't need to build a match. Well, know, it's not or, even or, that. Or. They can build it on social media. Like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of these, a lot of these social media sites and all that do a good job with these kids, especially in basketball when they're young, to build them up to the point where, like, you knew about Zion before Zion ever Very got to true. Duke. Yeah. Now Duke helped build his brand, but it didn't. It, it, he was already you, famous though. People who people who knew about Zion Williamson knew about him when he was in high school. It wasn't a surprise to them. No different than the Chet Holmgren kid at Gonzaga that Jonas hates to admit. But I, I just I feel like well, that's been as big of a, a part of it as anything. It's not that I that I dislike Chet Holmgren. I yeah. dislike the fact that he intentionally fouled somebody when his head coach told him not to, and it cost me a bet. That's why. Yeah. So yeah. so there I got a little go. bit of a. And that's, a and that's actually one of the reasons why I think I like him. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you can st- take sides <laughs> with, take sides <laughs> with that with that win puppet and uh, and, win and watch Gonzaga lose puppet. in the tournament again. Wow. Sick of it, well, Chet Holmgren. Go. Fifteen dollars down the drain. What's up, Chet? All right, it's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, a very busy start to free agency for one team in the NFL, but what does it mean moving forward? We'll have that discussion with you right here on FSR.
Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Well, yeah, back definitely down. not. You I are, won't back down. You are fired up. I won't back down. <laughs> I just don't like seeing all this stuff on the news where people are burglarizing oh, people's man, homes, yeah. man. Like, it's the biggest bitch move in the world, man. <laughs> but that's the problem is we're not – no one convicts anyone for shoplifting and all that stuff anymore. You know that, right? You know that's why it's become a thing? Because they don't convict anyone that gets caught for it. They're jumping over people's gates. They're they're in people's backyards. They they got the surveillance I, I know, cameras. but that's just, the problem is we don't convict people anymore for it. Wow. I, 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 there's, okay, when I was out in San Francisco, when I, I rented a car, obviously, and then drove up for a vacation, they explicitly warned us, and they have a note that they put in every rental car, don't leave any of your possessions inside because – there has been a big thing with breaking the cars and stealing because they're not convicting people when they get caught. Scumbags. It's, it's no, Scumbags. to LeVar's point, it's a terrible move, but it's also a societal issue where, like, we're allowing it to be okay. We're yeah. not convicting people. We're not holding, you know, making sure that they have to uphold the, their end of the bargains and serve some justice for what they're doing. I'm sorry. I know it's like a political tangent. I don't care. Enough people around here where I live have had to deal with that yeah, stuff. I just, it's, I, I, I just can't <laughs> even imagine. I just can't even imagine. They, they ask why, why am I the king of the mammals? I just can't even imagine, man. I can't even imagine. I just can't. And it, it just, it just boils. Oh, it burns me up. Man. Like that, that burns me up. Like if you can't respect another person's property, like that, that burns me up, man. Bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm, it's, I'm, uh, I'm off my. Uh, it burns me it's up. All right, like, listen. Like seeing that footage just really like it got me going. Like you're hopping over the 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 wall. Like you're hopping over the wall and you're looking at like what if my daughter is taking a shower or or you're looking in that window. Like I can't imagine. The animal that will come out of LeVar Arrington at that point in time, if that ever happened, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just how I feel. So um, I'm sorry, I got that out. That's all right. My listen, now, nah, listen, so, nah. it just needed to be said. It you know did. what I mean? And you know what else needs yeah. to be said? Yeah, go ahead, say it. We are brought to you by Indeed. If there cold candidate go. calls aren't yeah. turning into hot mm-hmm. hiring leads, then you need Indeed mm-hmm. because Indeed's powerful hiring platform mm-hmm. makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. Top of next yeah. hour, uh, we will uh, get the very latest on the big mm-hmm. move in the NFL yeah. everybody is waiting on. Find a job um, is what you're about- saying. That's what that read is <laughs> yes. about. Instead very of much. doing what I just talked about, go find a job. And by the way, use you, Indeed. You know who's 
who's hiring a lot of people recently? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, there you go. Go yeah, find the dad. Uh, the Jags are back, baby. Jags yeah. are back. Right. You guys uh, trying to uh, you know uh, make fun of the Jags last year uh, after they got rid of Urban Meyer, and and they are back. Uh, Brandon Scherf, no, Christian Kirk leading the way. Uh, these guys are getting paid, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are trying to make some moves in the AFC South. Jags are back. Trying to protect yeah. is what they're trying to do. They're Sean trying to Con. protect. Yeah. Uh, here's what I love about what they've done is Doug Peterson came in there and was like, yeah, we watched the tape. We need to upgrade as fast as we can. They've got money, so they're spending money. Throwing money at problems doesn't always work. But in this case, I do think Brandon Scherf's solid player. Ooh. He'll help solidify the protection. You get Christian Kirk. You get Zay Jones. Now, one of the, the issues with a Christian Kirk deal is I don't think he's ever had a 1,000-yard season. And there's, you know, 20-some guys being paid more at wide receiver, uh, $13 million or more a year. He's the only guy who hasn't been over 1,000 yards. So they're paying him for what they think he can be. If and when healthy, he can separate, he can create big plays. Mm-hmm. Zay Jones, he's been a productive player in the NFL for a period of time now. They're trying to upgrade what they got. And they signed Evan Ingram as well, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're looking at this group right now, they're saying, we've identified one of the issues. And it was a personnel problem. We're trying to protect Trevor Lawrence. We're trying to get him weapons, guys who can get open without having to scheme everything up. And and that's, you know, looking on the up and up. I just caution people with this. The team that usually wins the offseason in the spring <laughs> – is still irrelevant when it comes to the fall. <laughs> I'm just saying. Very don't, sad, but don't buy into true. all this hype. <laughs> even even these big contracts we're seeing. Okay, Michael Pierce just got released from the Vikings. And so if you recall, he was a big D tackle out of Baltimore, really good player. Well, he opted out of the 2020 season due to COVID. 2021 comes around, only plays in like eight games, something like that. He's released. So that big money contract, whatever he signed, it's gone. All these contracts you're seeing, all this money you're hearing about, they are one- or two-year deals. And then after that, it's a we'll see. That's where they're at at this point. So if these guys were truly that good, they wouldn't get to free agency because their team would hold on to them, a la franchise tag like uh, Devontae Adams, whoever else. So I just I caution people when you get all excited about all this stuff. It usually doesn't end up working out. Um, well, they always say the best free agents uh, never become free agents. Like you know, like those teams re-sign them; those guys stay put. They never become available. I wonder how far away Jacksonville is from from being a legitimate contender in that division. Because you know, Tennessee, we're not sure with, with Ryan Tannehill. It felt like they were trying to make make a couple of moves, and and if they could get rid of Ryan Tannehill, they would try and get rid of Ryan Tannehill. Houston obviously has been in flux. Uh, Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback right now. I just I wonder how far away Jacksonville is from competing in that division. You know, it's a bad division, but uh, you know, maybe Jacksonville's got a chance, an outside chance. You know, maybe uh, they bring maybe back not. Urban. Maybe they bring back Urban. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, there's, I, there's, I think there's you should dollar. put some money on them. That's what you should do. You should bet some of that money on them. All right, give yeah. me your card. No, just quick, uh, just uh, like, uh, what are the last four? I have everything else. Urban what are the last Meyer! four? Urban Meyer! 